0: alone.
1: How are you doing tonight. Yeah, doing all right? Good. All right, my name is Danny, I'm a recovered alcoholic. All right. Welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Groups Thursday Night Alcoholics and God Speaker Step Series. That is our full name. I'm a recovered alcoholic, my name is Danny. Thanks for joining us tonight. In a minute, we're going to start our 2-minute meditation, so please take a moment to get situated, please turn off all devices that make noise or that might slash will distract others. Take this time to get connected to God, let the craziness of the day drift away, and ask God to help you stay focused on the step study tonight. Is everybody ready? Yeah? All right. If so, let's start the meditation. We're gonna have somebody dim the lights. Amen. Mm-hmm. you guys don't know it, um, there are little things in the pews in front of you. We're going to do the uh, fog, fog light prayer, so if you guys would all please join me. God, let your love shine through me like a fog light. For those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. Amen. Awesome. Uh, There is a solution from the big book, page 17. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. I have asked Terrence to come up and read uh, Appendix 2 Spiritual Experience.
2: Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have never, nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they, were, they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a, God, of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of a spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to, to say that any alcohol capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be, de- be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the, o- are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Thank you, you, Terrence.
1: Please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. This is a tech-free meeting, so set your phones to airplane slash meeting mode or just turn them off. Um, This is weird to say um, because I don't exactly have a personal relationship with Peter, but... um, I count him among a group of men uh, who helped introduce me to God. When I would be walking to my sponsor's house early on, I would listen to podcasts of him. And uh, slowly but surely, I would start to redefine um, what I thought of God or what I thought God could be. And uh, I hope that he could do the same for you. Peter? Peter?
3: My name is Pete recovered Alcoholic. Thank you, Peter. I'm grateful to be alive and sober, part of a sacred place called Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, thank the group again for having me. We're uh, halfway through this process so far, and the weeks go by really fast. Um, I'm supposed to talk about, I guess, Step 5 tonight. Uh, June twenty third, 1988 uh, was my separation from alcohol. And um, truly out of a gift of desperation, uh, am I here tonight still seeking... It's great I'm physically sober, but there's so much more work to do. And what, what this book does, the book doesn't keep me sober. The steps don't keep me sober. My home group, my sponsor, the men I sponsor don't keep me sober. They have ingredients to get me to God, which just keep me sober all along. If we think about it, when, I, when I'm writing a fourth step, trying to get rid of the past yeah, and resolve that and get in, God's, get in God's light, if you will, who's keeping me sober while I'm writing a fourth step? When I'm counting days and I'm getting my little chips for 30 days and 60 days and 90 days, I may have not gone through the steps yet, or maybe I've just begun going through the steps, but there's another power getting me in the chair at an AA meeting to sit for one hour. That power is called God. May you find them now, what book says, not 90 days, or six months or a year from now. I don't have that kind of luxury. It's like now, which means now, which means now. So I'm grateful for the, the, uh, the men uh, who were put in my life and, and the women who uh, pretty much had that uh, maternal thing with me. They so was new and petrified. And they did some coddling with me. It made me feel okay and pour me a cup of coffee and things like that. The men were a little bit tougher with me, but they, gave me, they, 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 was, they pointed me in the right direction. And they weren't afraid to call me on some of the stuff I was walking with because their recovery was that important to them. If they watered down what they had, they'd get sick. So they called me out on it. And some of them were tough. Some of them were a little more delicate, but they called me on. They gave me truth. And the thing about Alcoholics Anonymous, I have to live in the truth. I have to, or one with God. I can't can't be a little bit spiritual here and not so spiritual there. Alcoholism hit every single area of my life, so spirituality must touch every single area of my life, or it touches none of my life. So I began to work with the sponsor. And little by slowly, I start to clear up. In order for me to see what's outside of me, in order, clearly, in if, if order for me to experience what's outside of me, I need to touch the power which is inside of me first. Because if not, I'm just, I'm, I'm seeing wrong, I'm hearing wrong. I think it's that. I think, and I'm just kind of running up against a wall, like I'm trying to do life reading Braille, if you will. Until we wake up and we start to see a lot clearer, my, my ability to differentiate between the truth and the false is very clear my discerning level gets better especially about what i suffer from and so i begin this journey with the book and it, it plus doctor's opinion and 43 pages we got about 53 ish pages that nail me down to say, This is what you have alcoholism. 43 pages plus doctor's opinion about step one to make it abundantly clear to a drunk like me what I'm up against before I move any further. How could I go in, how could I surrender to God in step three and turn my will life over to care of God if I still believe I'm, I'm God? How could I let go absolutely if I'm still holding on? If I'm not willing to let go? If I still want to hold on to some of my old life? But I want to embrace a spiritual life. God wants it all. It's his anyway. Everything's on loan. Everything's on loan. We live in a world of impermanence. Nothing stays forever. My grandparents were married for like 5 million years. My grandfather passed away. Even though in her heart she was married to my grandfather, she was not married. he was not here anymore. She had a different life. Nothing lasts forever. The only thing I think, I haven't been there yet, that is eternal is God. I better get him now. Because I'm going to be going there soon. Yeah. And so I got a real good uh, 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 grip on what step one talked about and how deep those roots go, that I can suffer from alcoholism without ever putting a drink in me. And it's evidenced by my first six months in AA where alcoholism goes underground and resurfaces in other areas, yeah? So I'm, I'm, I'm acting out a lot. I'm driven by a hundred forms of fear, and I'm acting out in a lot of ways, and here comes this food thing. I don't want to tell anyone about it. I'm afraid you're going to kick me out. So I'm walking into a meeting saying, how are you doing? I'm fine, and I'm not, I'm not okay. I don't know what a sponsor is yet. How do you get a sponsor? You've got to be in this club to get a sponsor. I'm embarrassed to ask someone. Someone handed me Joe and Charlie tapes. I didn't even know who Joe and Charlie was. And I start listening to Joe and Charlie, and these, these two men broke down the book, very simple, kindergarten AA. And again, I'm giving that nod and I'm listening to this stuff, and it's making sense. And that kind of was the catalyst. It was the spark that got turned on to say, what are they talking about here? I'm trying to interpret it for myself. And when I got home from Minnesota, uh, uh, back to Brooklyn, I found my first appointed teacher. And we began from the cover of the book. We didn't skip over anything. And he showed me the first promise, how we recovered from a similar hopeless of state of mind and body. How do you get there? What is this recovered, recovering? What's what, What's the difference? we're not shooting for recovering if someone says recovering that's their game we're shooting for what the book talks about recovering from a seemingly hope state of mind and body where we're not experienced the sprees of alcoholism this thing is not linear but transformational and we can wear you know 60 days 90 days 5 years 20 years on my sleeve and I look as loony as a kid sitting in detox this is about a transformation with the information I'm getting and all this information takes me to God step two is the pointer out we talk about that in chapter two, agnostics. It tells me how, where, and why to find God. Very clear, very direct, and very much needed by me. Okay, I'm going to follow this path. This is the way out of this insanity. Drunk and sober. I'm an alcoholic, cannot manage my own life drunk and sober. God could and would if he was sought? What am I doing about seeking this God? And the journey isn't that far. The great reality says God is deep down within. I don't have to look out there. I don't have to look for how to give it to me or the job or the money. That stuff comes and goes. The journey was right in here. God doesn't love me if I change. God's love me all the time, so I do change. When I was living in an abandoned building, I just want God in me as I do tonight. The difference is an integration or a oneness or an awakening to this power. Conscious contact with God. That to me is my primary purpose. My number one priority is having conscious contact with God, awake to God, not sound asleep to God. Because when I'm in that place, I'm not drinking, I'm not drugging, I'm not hurting anyone. I like to practice fidelity to God so I can experience his fidelity to me. I can experience it, not that it's not there. I'm awake to it. When I'm faithful to this practice, I experience the practice being faithful to me. We talk about the benefits of the program. It's not going on vacation. It's not buying a new car. Because if I can't go on vacation and I don't buy a new car, does that mean I'm not experience the benefits of the program? The benefits of this program is really standing in God's light. Where, where worldly things aren't eating my lunch anymore. And we'll weep and we'll laugh and we'll, and we'll have fun and we'll be really serious and we'll have tough days and wonderful days. Sometimes everything just fires on all cylinders and there's other days I can't get out of my own way. But it's the benefit of the program. I'm alive. I'm living in God's light and I lean all the way into God. Whether I have a pocket full of money or the cupboards bare, I'm leaning all the way into God because I find some gratitude in everything. I see the all of God in everything. And you're looking at someone who's, who's broken, flawed, a sinner, and comes to Alcoholics Anonymous. And God says, welcome home. Because of Alcoholics Anonymous, I found my church. If it wasn't for AA, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be a lie. But I, it, it, it set me up enough to get back to my religious community. How did I do so long without it? I don't know. And I turned everything over in step three, and I left claw marks in a few things. It's one thing to have spiritual beliefs; it's another to live them. Somebody had to show me how to do it. and I needed the power to do it. I had I, a lot of us have good morals. Almost all of us know right from wrong. Then why do we cheat on the wife? Why do we steal from the boss? Why do we not show up for work? Why do we go to work and not work? We all know right from wrong, and have the power to do that. And what AA? did was put me right with God. So suddenly I got this new power, this new found freedom our book talks about. I'm traveling light. Now the past few weeks, I don't feel like I'm traveling light. I, I, get, um, I get on the road a lot. I'm going to say this for the, to make a point, I, I, and I'm going to give my AA resume away here, but Mary and I are on the road about 30 weekends a year. That's like half the year. We're out on the road going to conferences and, and, and doing this. And usually get home Sunday, morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it might be. Without fail for the last, I don't know how long I've been on the road now, years. Without fail, Monday at noon, my phone would ring, and it'd be my dad. It's the same questions. How was your trip? He always wants to make sure Marion went with me. How was the flight? How was the conference? You see any of your friends? That kind of stuff. It was his way of showing he cared. Every Monday at noon when I would come home from a conference, my phone would ring like clockwork. It was my dad. I got home from a conference last Sunday. Monday, there was no call. There won't be another call. And Monday, I felt like there was a hole in my gut. What do I do about that? I can go live in the past about regrets and remorse and shame and anger. How come did this happened? How come that didn't happen? I could dread the future every time I travel. Now, no more calls on Monday. Or I can just be with the moment and lean all the way into God, which is what I did on Monday. And it was a challenging Monday for me, but I leaned all the way in. God, I'm at your feet. I don't have to tell him what's going on, he knows. This is the toughest thing I've experienced in recovery thus far. But we get spiritual muscles in Alcoholics Anonymous, but I don't have to dwell on the past, I don't have to worry about the future, I stay right where I am. Stay right where you are, stay in my lane, and just lean all the way into God. These are some of the benefits we talk about in Alcoholics Anonymous of this program. And then I get open to the fellowship, to people who are showing up, whether it's a text message, a phone call, an email, whatever it might be. What's going on? I know why they're calling. And I'm open enough to embrace that. What I've learned in Alcoholics Anonymous to really relish the moments I have with my friends. Who accept me broken and all. Because there's no guarantee of tomorrow. To really embrace and, and relish the time with my kid brothers and be really transparent with them about everything because I don't know if there's going to be a tomorrow and and the time with my wife is is just so important to me. To let my friends know how much I I, I think of them and let my wife know how safe she is with me and how loved she is. This is my journey because there's no guarantee tomorrow. I can't do it tomorrow. I can say tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow and then tomorrow's today and it's too late. Lights out. I don't put my head on a pillow with regrets and I don't want to pass from this place with regrets. I've learned that abundantly. I knew that for years, and the past three weeks has made it in a spotlight for me, in neon lights, how important. This is how fragile life is, and I'm going to screw around with it going to AA meetings and not do the steps. I'm going to sort of do the steps. I'm going to rely on experience with the steps that I had 20 years ago, and harry I am 20 years later, and I'm still replaying the old stuff. In the fifth step, it says we have a new relationship and a new attitude with God. Right out of the gate in step five, we have this new relationship and a new attitude with God, a new relationship. I thought I was in with God. Now I'm having this new, it's this rekindled we fan the flames a little bit. I'm lit up even more. And a new attitude, I'm a, a deeper level of consciousness with God. I'm more awake to God. I'm leaning all the way. I'm trusting God more than I ever did before. I'm open to hearing about other, even religions. I'm open as a new attitude. And I'm not getting on my knees and thinking I'm Moses and get up and be Rambo anymore. And so I do this fourth step inventory and it was, it's heavy lifting there's a lot of work in if anyone's new don't let my kids a lot of work but it must be done but it's, a, it's nowhere near comparable to the work I did to stay drunk four column inventory resentments fear and sex done you can do it in a few days because if you miss anything or God doesn't give you everything it's his will you come back and do it another time and just finish up some more I've gone through the steps, I don't know how many times over the last 35 years. A few dozen anyway. And God will put on my shoulders what he thinks I can handle. Sometimes it's a little heaven, God does too much. You just keep walking, shut up and keep walking, I got you. And it came time to do a fifth step, which is my assignment tonight. And uh, I, I will share with you, um, the first time I, I did a fifth step, uh, prior to that my sponsor walked on water my very first sponsor he walked on water Uh, I thought he invented Alcoholics Anonymous and uh I mean this guy was like the only guy in Brooklyn with the big book the only guy in Brooklyn I knew doing meditation and prayer you know Uh, he wasn't well received in a lot of AA halls because he walked in with a big book and came out of the big book his experience that he was frowned upon stay away from that guy I loved him then he gave me an appointment to go to his house on a Saturday to do a fifth step and suddenly I'm thinking, thinking, who is this guy? Maybe those people were right. He is a little radical and I'm not doing a sex inventory with him, I'm not sharing that stuff. So what do you do? You drop to knees and say, God, I don't know what I need but I need to get there. And I rang his doorbell, I went to the house and like the third step he had candles burning and the lights were low and we prayed. So God would speak through me. admitted to God, to ourselves and another human being. God was in the room. We'd have to invite God in. Some people do that. That's great. God's there. It's like a, God's not there. have to invite him in. He brought us together anyway, but we made that prayer. And we got quiet with a little meditation, and he asked me to do something. that was interesting that I still do to this day. You know, as an alcoholic, I love to talk about myself, so I'll read a resentment. It'll take me four hours to read one inventory. So I got to give you the temperature that day, who was there. And by the time I'm done, I make you believe they were really wrong. I have nothing to do with this. So he said to me, just read what's on paper. Don't elaborate. Resentment cause effects. Where my fault next. And so I did. that. I was really uncomfortable because I wanted to elaborate. If they didn't do this, I wouldn't have done that. I'm off the hook. And he had a notepad and pen and uh, he was taking notes and he he, he told me about that. He says, God, I'm in here with you. God's going to talk to me too. And I'm going to take some notes. And what would happen, maybe 20 minutes or an hour into it, he would say, hold it. He says, back in the first inventory, you wrote about this, you read about this, and here we are 15 years later, you see the similarities. Different people, different age, but it's you. It's the common thread through all of it. It was about me and my, my, my walking through life, or my, really my stumbling through life. It's like I would tell the sponsor, keep meeting crazy women. Every relationship, one's loonier than the next. And he says, they probably are, but who keeps picking them? The common thread is you, Pete. The ego don't want to hear that, but it was true. And so our book says this. Having made a personal inventory step forward, what, what shall we do about it? We've been trying to get a new attitude and a new relationship with our Creator and to discover the obstacles in our path. We have admitted certain defects and ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We have put a finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. These are about to be cast out. And this part is great. Cast out. If you went to, if I went to my doctor or a therapist or if I was in treatment and I sat with a, a counselor and I says, listen, here's all my stuff. Cast it out. They'd medicate me. <laughs> These guys got psych problems. We're not voodoo here. We can't, we got to work on it. We got to work on it. And five years later i 'm talking about what 's not happening anymore, but we 're still working on it. Big book says about to be cast out because who 's casting them out? The one who has all power God, he heals, and i 'm going to sit with another drunk see it 's something if I got this right that we confess our sins to one another, pray for each other, and we 'll get healed. This is ancient. So I'm sitting with a drunk and confessing my sins or missing the mark, my shortcomings. We think of sin right away. We think, oh my God, mortal sin, it's, I'm going to hell. Just missing the mark. I'm resentful of Joe. I, I'm really angry with Joe and I'm walking around with it. I'm no use to Joe or anyone else. I'm not living in God's light. Forgiveness is God's light. That's what we're doing here. It's ancient. And every time I do an inventory share, the eagle gets crushed. It gets suffocated. It doesn't want to do this. It can't breathe because God's stepping on its throat, if you will. This requires action on our part, which when completed will mean we have admitted to ourselves, to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the the exact nature of my defects. This brings us to step five. On the bottom of the page it says, if I skip this vital step, I may not overcome drinking. One of the biggest warnings in the book. The old timers would say either you do a fifth or you drink one. What was I going to do? Back to step one, how desperate am I? I come in here, step one, I'm crying, oh my God, I'm going to die, please help me, please help me, by the time I get to step five, I'm setting up the negotiations now. How far in I want to go. It's not on my terms, I made that decision on three. And so we sat, and I begin to read, and I went back through my life, and I will tell you, it's 35 years later, and every time I read either a nightly review or do another fifth step, I'm not comfortable, but I'm not supposed to be. I'd rather skip it sometimes, but I know the benefits of it. And the thing that's uncomfortable, the part of it that wants to skip it is the ego. It's still breathing. And the spirit says, no, just sit with them and sit with Al and just share this. Just let us do this. That's the spirit talking. I start to hear the two different voices. And I read through resentments. And I will tell you, I've heard a bunch of fifth steps over the years. And I try to duplicate at the beginning exactly what my sponsor did, but I'm not my sponsor. A little different flavor, some different ears sometimes, but carrying the message is still there. I still keep a notepad out when they read inventory to me in a fifth step. I still pray before we read. I read out of the book. We get scented, and then off we go. And I do the same thing. I tell them, stick to the script. God, I have to assume, like my sponsor with me, that God gave me the exact words to put on the paper. The pen was a spiritual translator. Don't deviate. Don't elaborate, because now ego is going to work right into this fifth step. We don't need the ego here. This is a sacred moment. If we think about it, if I think about it, what's going on here? I didn't know this at the beginning that god has entrusted us to save another life this is huge he could have gone to doctors and psychiatrists and they do great jobs when it, when it got down to the nitty-gritty one drunk worked with another proved to be so successful unlike any other method one drunk sitting with another and now we're sharing some intimate stuff my resentments about people about god about religion about institutions about principles the stuff i walk around here i'm only going to let out so much See, one thing about this mind, anything new or foreign it don't like. And it's only going to let in what it's comfortable with and only let out what it's comfortable with and the soul is wide open. New territory. That's what this is demanding. And all I have to do is suit up and show up and open my mouth and here come the words. How desperate am I to get recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body? I don't need a degree to do this. I don't need to be an old timer to do this. I just need to be willing. God doesn't care. God's, you know, hey... You got 30 years, but I gave it to you. So he's not impressed. <laughs> and Joe's got 30 days. I gave it to you. So he's not like disappointed. So this has nothing to do with time, but transformation, get right with God. You think God doesn't hear our soul when we're sitting the fifth step and we're going, we're petrified. You think God doesn't know that? God hears the soul. And he knows when we hurt and we're afraid. And my mind says, don't go back to that power and ask for mercy or courage, strength and direction. Do something else. And the very things I look to do, the path I take myself on, takes me further and further away, if you will, from God. There's no proximity between us and God. But figuratively speaking, I've stepped away. I'm not hearing. It becomes this distant voice. I've learned that I've learned many things in the years I'm sober, thank you God one thing I've learned is when I'm afraid my wife knows we pray God knows I'm afraid God knows I'm a little tight about something and I'm looking at a dark room instead of the light in a room God knows that so when I'm doing this fifth step, very sacred, one drunk uh, sitting with another in this work, God's very present. In fact, it pleases him. I'm convinced of that. And I do a fear inventory. And I know guys were supposed to say, we don't have fear, we're all John Wayne. We're well, like, everybody's Tony Soprano. And then we look at the fear inventory, I'm afraid of everything. Really, am I shared, I think, last week or two weeks ago, I, I was afraid of firemen because of a thing that happened as a little kid. I'm 16 years old, hanging out on a street corner, thinking I'm all that. And the fire trucks would roll up, and the, the firemen would get out with those Terminator outfits and these big, big guys getting out. And I'd I'm, I'm step off a little bit. I know they're going to, like, kidnap me. I mean, it's ridiculous, but that's where I was. Afraid of a lot of things, afraid of life, afraid of failing, afraid of succeeding, afraid of money, afraid of no money, just afraid, afraid of intimacy, afraid of all of it, and it was all on paper. Afraid of, afraid of sex, I'm supposed to be a superstar in bed. Well, that's, who said this? My mind and my ego and the knuckleheads on the corner. i got to be all things to all people, I can't do it, I'm afraid. You know, you can usually tell the most, the most fearful guy in the bar, the guy who walks in and has to make a scene, because he's petrified. I got to show I know everything, I got to in, in, get involved in every conversation so you don't think less of me. What a terrible, this is awful way to live, and I'm an alcoholic, I'm not free. And eventually I can hold my breath for so long, or the spring gets so tight, it blows and I need a drink, I can't take this anymore. But I get to travel light alcoholics and honest because the, the past isn't crushing me. How could I live now knowing how I lived then? I'm crushed in the present by the weight of the past. The past is about to go away. If I don't do that, the past is going to reveal itself right now. And even though I'm sober, I'm operating out of old stuff, old ideas, old attitudes, old emotions. They're not so old because they're very current. So I'm still having relationships the way I used to. I'm still interacting with my male friends the way I used to. I'm in a conversation. I'm sizing someone up rather than accepting as they are, because that's what I used to do. The past reveals itself in the present. And I'm wondering why I'm walking around Alcoholics Anonymous like this, hunched over and tight and very jealous, perhaps, of people who speak about God or talk about their experience getting free with the book, because I want that. I don't know how to get there, so I walk out. You have any meetings I've been to, and as soon as I bring up G.O.D., four people walk out? You're either in the wrong place, or you want God and afraid to get there, because we're not an atheist in here. Thank you, God, for that. And so comes the sex inventory. Oh, baby, <laughs> let's not go there, right? Um, my, my Mark Houston, Mark H would say in the fifth step, let's talk about the thing you don't want to talk about now. Let it. Let us get it out of the way. The rest of this will be easy. It's always a sex inventory. Let's get that out of the way. And then he, like my sponsor did with me, and I would do it with the men. I would share some. I'd ante up. So, they don't feel like a unicorn. This is a give and take. It's reciprocal. My sponsor now calls it pitching and catching. I'm not above this, but I'm on the same bus with you. So, I will ante up and share some of my personal experiences about this and how I was, maybe where I currently am. I don't know. But we're going to have a conversation, which is this one long conversation of truth. And for some of us, it's the first time I tasted truth in forever. The book demands it. A Life of Rigorous Honesty is right here. And then I get to do the sex inventory. You know what? There was nothing on there that my sponsors said, you got to leave. In fact, he had some better stories than I did, to be honest with you. you know? It's really, it's just, we missed, when, if I'm in the throes of alcoholism, sober or drunk, I'm going to do things that aren't appropriate. Whether it's taking advantage of someone or using some foul language, sure. this is what I do. I'm not in the AA saddle, if you will, so I'm going to do things like that. Now I get sober and I go, oh my God, I can't believe the dude I did that. No one needs to know. But I need to confess it to someone. And so I did a sex inventory and I read to my sponsor, my sex goal and ideal moving forward. And it was really, there was no bumps and bruises. It was really okay. We prayed when I, was, I got done and I went home for the hour. Now, there were, I've sponsored, as I said a moment ago, a bunch of men, and I always like to share this story about this guy in Staten Island, New York. He told me I could use his name, uh, this guy, Carl, Carl W. And uh, a great guy, and uh, was sober a long time, hadn't been through the book, asked me to sponsor him. We began the journey, and we're doing step five, and he came to my house when I lived in Staten Island. And we're sitting at my dining room table, and I used to call him Joey Loopholes. That was my nickname for him, because he would was, he was find a loophole every place he could. And it was a lot of, yeah, but, let me explain, yeah, but, let me explain, yeah, but, and it went on and on and on. And about an hour into this, I'm having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> and I said, let's take a break. And it was a little half bathroom off the side of the dining room, you know. So I go in there and I'm throwing cold water on my face. I, I'm I'm sweating bullets. And I get on my knees in front of this thing, Is God, I don't know what to do with this guy. I'm about to throw him out. You gotta give me something here. And I walk out and I sit down, I got nothing until I open my mouth. And what I said to him was this I says, I like you to read just the fourth column. Forget one, two, and three. And I was waiting for the AA SWAT team to circle the house. All the tradition and big book dumpers you know, lock and load, he's breaking and no one showed up. And he looked at me like the deer in the headlights, like, what is my sponsor doing? What do you mean only the fourth column? We're supposed to read one, two, and three. I just the fourth column. And he reluctantly agreed. And he reads self-dishonist so seeking says, turned the page. I don't want to know the people, I don't know the cause. This is what's coming out of my mouth. I was questioning myself too, but I just prayed. Next page, selfish, dishonest, so seeking frightened. Turn the page, selfish, dishonest, so seeking frightened. Turn the page. About 10 pages into it, something indeed miraculous happened. And if this happened to you, you know what I'm talking about. He split wide open. You know when you, someone comes in and they're new and you see them and then one day they walk in and you see them because the light in the eyes are on, they, you know they're here now? That's what happened to this guy. Something about him was different. The rest of the fifth step was a snap. We, did, we, we went through uh, resentment, fear, and sex. He took an hour quiet in my house, and then he went home to do six and seven. This guy, to this day, is walking around with a big book sponsoring people. And most of the time, you hear the word God out of his mouth. It wasn't like that prior to it. So, if I think god 's not involved with in this i 'm wrong he 's very much involved in this because he wants that person to get free as much as they want to get free. I got just a few minutes here there 's some really cool stuff about the fifth step promises, which I, I, I like to read now for me i didn 't experience fifth step promises when I got done with my fifth step, my first fifth step. I was more relieved. And I felt for the first time I was really part of the AA team. I did a fifth step. I'm, I'm, I'm in with those guys now. I, I can talk about it. I got my stripes, and I'm part of the AA team. These promises didn't happen until 6 and 7. And I, I remember what happened. I was going to, in Brooklyn, it was called the Bath Beach Group. It was a Friday night. They had a, a, a 7 and an 8.30 meeting. And it was an old uh, public school. And we were walking up those old metal steps in the old public schools, and it was on the second floor. And on the way into the meeting and up the steps, I'm struck with something. Like I'm, I'm floating up the steps. Everything in the world was right. Gratitude was just like oozing out of my pores. I can't, just incredible stuff. I thought I was losing my mind. I thought it was like old dopamine, like just pumping out or something from the old. I don't know what's going on. And I call my sponsor and he told me about a woman, uh, a lady he was sponsoring who was at that meeting. And he's I don't remember her name. He says, look for her. She's there tonight. And I saw her. He just tell her what's going on. And she had the same exact experience as I did. So fifth step promises can sometimes show up in six and seven, maybe eight, nine. But they're going to show up. And it really looks like the opposite of page 52. The way the 9 step promises are the opposite of page 52 in a lot of ways. Watch what this says. It says, we pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twisted character, every dark crane of past. We go into the fifth step. We come out, we're done. And it says this. Once having taken the step which I just did, withholding nothing which I just did, we're delighted. There's a promise. I can look the world in the eye. It can be so easy that life can take away our smile. And I'm not delighted about anything anymore. But it's almost as God delighting in my delight. I can look the world in the eye. You know when we're out there, we, we do this, we look down all the time, we talk to people like this. And suddenly I'm going eyeball to eyeball, not in a place of arrogance trying to stare someone down, but just eyeball, to, I'm not a, I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid. I could be alone at perfect peace and ease. This has become a regular part of my life by this has evolved. I'm really okay, alone. It's not lonely. I like my quiet time. We both do. Sometimes we have quiet time together. But I really like, I'm a homebody. It's really funny that God has me on the road. I'm a homebody. I love being home. In my own home, quiet. No one's looking for me. The rent is paid. The electric's paid. I got food in the refrigerator. I'm great. And I love the, that's why I love getting up so early in the morning. I love the quiet solitude. There was never like that for me. The first time I experienced this, um, there was a Nick game on. It was a Saturday afternoon game. And I watched the entire basketball, I'll never forget the entire basketball game. I had a little sandwich at lunchtime, uh, at, at halftime of the game. And I don't know how long a basketball game is, a couple of hours. I didn't run to the phone once. I didn't look out the window to see what's going on. I didn't, didn't do any reading. I watched the entire game, the pregame, the postgame, the whole thing, had lunch. And when it was over, something dawned on me. Oh, my God, I was alone, and it was really okay. I didn't get arrested. I didn't break any laws. No one's looking for it. was really Okay. I can be alone at perfect peace and ease. A perfect peace and ease. I know peace and ease because I know what dis ease and discomfort was like for so long. I've tasting this for the first time, I want more. I can compare it against what it used to be like. I know what it's like not to be delighted. Now I'm delighted, I know what delight it is. I can comprehend the word, word serenity and no peace because I know what the opposite has been. I've lived there. I'm willing to fall under the authority of God. It's better than anything I've ever known. I'm willing to cultivate faithfulness where I go. Not step on someone's toes, not ram it down their throat, but cultivate it. Be around those people. Bring it when there's an opportunity to bring it. Let people know where I stand. My friends, my close friends will never womanize in front of me. Because I won't accept it. And they respect that. And to their credit, they don't do that either. And when little youngins come around me and they try to lean in that direction, they know that they've gone too far. Because I'd rather live in his light than to be a drunken sailor away from AA. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. I start to experience oneness. God uh, becomes very tangible. I can hear it. I care in someone else I have faithfulness in my prayer time I know he's here knowing that I'm known by my creator for the first time it's so far if you will once a drunk, always a drunk but we're not talking about drinking here we're talking about this new and abundant life you yeah? Our fears fall fall from us, we begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but we now begin to have the spiritual experience, the infancy of it, but it's happening nonetheless. There's a different footing now. I'm not looking at myself less than, I'm not looking at myself better than. When I stand in front of God, it's even ground. There's no peaks and valleys in front of God. So if I get a guy with 30 years who knows tradition, steps, and concepts, and I got 30 days, in God's eyes, we're level. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. How many times have we heard at meetings, it's normal to think about a drink because you're an alcoholic. That's a true statement. If I'm untreated, my book just contradicted that, that if this would get past me in step 10 Since the problem has been removed. I got soul food going on here. I feel I'm on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. Hand in hand, that indicates I'm locked in with God. On the broad highway walking hand in hand with God. What a tremendous promise in step five. Rather than sitting in a detox saying I did it again. And I insist on running it my way. Step five for me is vital. I had brought something for you guys and I can't find it so I guess I'm not supposed to read. Oh, here's what it says. If you bring forth that which is within you, it will save you. If I don't bring forth that which is within me, it will destroy me. Step five is about putting it all on the table. With the sponsor who's in the book. That's been my experience. You can do whatever you want. Sponsor understands what I'm doing here. How sensitive this is. How delicate it is. And how vital it is that they listen. And they give me direct, my marching orders after five to go home, which we'll talk about in six and seven, and then continue to complete the amends to really stand in that light. I need to have uh, 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 someone who gets this. I don't want to sit with the plug and the jug person, bless their hearts, and do this kind of work. It's too delicate. It's never gotten me drunk. In fact, it's given me more soul food and spiritual muscles. Not better than anyone not less than anyone. God knows, if, and you know if you know me well, how flawed and broken I am. That old guy looks to show up every now and again. And sometimes I buy the lie, and I'm in it. But most often, this I give credit to AA and God, I can hear that guy coming down the block. You can hear the defects, here they come. I'm in a discussion with someone, and here comes, you know, uh, that guy. The bus just pulled in front of the house, locked the doors, he's not getting in. And that's when I say, God bless you, you're right, and walk away. (laughs) I'm I'm not getting involved with that because I might win the battle, but I'm going to lose the war. He always wins once I let him in. Last thing, and I get out of your hair. What I get to do because of Alcoholics Anonymous getting free and traveling light. Having enough trust in you, a sponsor in God. This is what I do, what we do. It says this, may it become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way a ship for those with oceans to cross, a bridge for those with rivers to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. I was lost on the road, and God saw me and said, come home to me. I'm a sinner, I'm torn, I'm dirty... I reek. My clothes don't fit, and he says that's okay. Come on in. Angels with dirty faces. Alcoholics Anonymous. I do that for the next drunk. Yeah, that's all I got. Peace.
4: And let's give another thank you to Peter. Yeah. This evening, we will be having Ryan as our secretary. Yes. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic secretary. Um, In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. Uh, There's also QR codes on the back of the chairs if you want to donate through Venmo. Also, if you have papers that need to be signed, don't put them in the basket. Just meet a home group member at the back, and we'll take care of that after the meeting. Um, I've asked Chris to read the recovered statement. We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic. So let's welcome Chris. Chris, I'm an alcoholic, uh, recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism, recovered but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been resorted to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of alcoholic of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than the in the body. We are now sane, where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Thank you, Chris. 1940-style uh, big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition of Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experienced is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back into His loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. Uh, does anybody need a sponsor? If you do, just raise your hand. All right. Um, if you're too shy to raise your hand, uh, just come up to the front and someone will talk to you after the meeting. Uh, can the recovered alcoholics raise your hands? Awesome. Uh, so if your hand's not up, just talk to someone whose hand is. Um, all right, so we have a couple announcements. Uh, Intergroup is where you can buy AA-related literature and medallions. Intergroup is also responsible for creating our where and when and scheduling the AA hotlines. Stop by and visit them. Uh, Broward County In- Institutions Committee is responsible for bringing meetings into places where people like us can't get out to a, an AA meeting, such as jails, detoxes, and rehabs. They meet monthly to organize the meeting schedules at the, 12, at the 12-step house. Uh, Do we have any uh, members of BCI committee out here tonight? Awesome. So Brian's got his hand up. If you have any questions about that, you can just see him after the meeting. Um, Here are some upcoming service opportunities. Uh, If you want more information on any service opportunities, there's flyers in the back. Uh, The Grapevine... You can subscribe, you can get some really amazing AA jokes out of that. Um, We've got, on October 27th to the 29th, the second annual Bull in a China Shop, Corral. Um, And then Peter will be back next week for his sixth session, so definitely um, come back and check that out. And then Monday nights we have our big book study, uh, same building, which is up on the third floor. uh, And uh, it's where the big book comes alive not for real like, um, alright so we have CDs, CDs, mugs, large print big books little red books and big book dictionaries for sale back on the table uh, if you're interested in any of that just see any home group member and we meet every Thursday starting promptly at 7.15, and we ask that you be courteous and ready to begin at the sound of the bells. Also, if you're looking to do a little service tonight, we, do, we might need some help setting up five tables in the back with eight chairs around each table. So uh, if you want to stick around and help with that, feel free. Uh, thank you, and we'll see you next week. Okey doke. So in addition to tonight's uh, tonight's session, we have all past speaker podcasts online for free at alcoholicsandgod.org. Again, I'd like to invite everyone to our Monday night big book study, and those who wish to thank tonight's speaker, please come and line down up the center center aisle. It's my first day with my brand new mouth. I'm breaking it in. Okie doke. And I would like for everybody to close with the Lord's Prayer. We're going to... There it is. Moment of silence. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily
1: bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And leave us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil
4: the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. Okay,
0: see you all next Monday. Hey, 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 Ooh. Heart is heavy. Soul is thirsty, body's aching. I am desperately in need of restoration. Sure.
5: i uh-huh.
6: The light of mine I'm gonna let it shine.
7: Vines they twist and turn each way, flowers blooming all the time at my door. But never before,
8: I had to change everything to realize.
7: God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye.
9: Shine journal-